Hi, and welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I'm here today with my wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. There she is again. And we are coming back to you after a respite, after a little bit of a break we had taken. Um, It's just nice to kind of get back at a podcast, I guess. So I want to thank everybody right off the bat who has been listening to the show. We have, um, I think everybody in their Christian life goes through a moment to where you're not sure if what you're doing is working. Um, And I know in ministry, especially in just things like this, the podcast, this is not how we make a living. This is not what we do for a living. Um, But it's, you know, it's difficult. We have a big family and we have a lot of time that's tied up in a lot of other places. And so uh, it's it's hard to find the time to do it. So when you do get around to doing something like this, um, it's very uh, satisfying or gratifying to see that people are actually responding. They're listening. So um, it's really encouraged just to keep it going, I think. we probably did our last episode in June of last year, and uh, we're you know still getting not a lot of listens, but we get maybe 30, 40 listens a month. So that's encouraging that people are still <clears throat> able to uh, come back to the podcast and kind of listen to what we have to say. And we don't consider ourselves to be uh, very, um, I don't know, we're not like preacher, preacher wife type deal. It's not... We're not big, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of opportunity to do a lot of things in the church, um, but we are Christians. And this is really, this whole podcast really came out of the idea that we would, uh, we want to share with others what it means to have a normal everyday Christian life, but one that is uh, desiring God more than just um, filling in a pew, you know? So that's a little bit, of, if you're getting into this episode and you, you should understand that's kind of what the abnormal Christian means to us. It can mean a couple different things, but for us, it's always been about um, that life that we lead that is outside of the normal Christian realm. Because there's a lot of people out there who call themselves Christians, a lot of people who go by that title, and uh, we've always wanted to express the the love for God in a little bit of a different way, in a way that's that's real and active. And that's probably going to be a little bit about what we talk about today. Um, so I think um, really... You mean like, I'm a Christian nurse? Or I'm a nurse who is a Christian. Yeah, we could talk about that. I mean, if you're, again, if you're on this episode of the podcast, I'm doing a, um, a YouTube series or video series called The 10-Minute Christian. It's short little 10-minute snippets. Um, but one of the things we'll flush out a little bit more here, hopefully, is uh, what does it mean to be a Christian? You know, um, and this really all stemmed from a conversation about Lauren Daigle. Right. About Lauren Daigle, uh, the artist. We'll call her an artist. We're not going to call her a Christian artist uh, because she those are labels. Go by that. No, those are labels somebody else puts on her. So she was in a radio interview and she was asked, you know, how does it feel to be called a Christian artist? And she said, well, that's what, uh, that's what other people, that's the label other people put on me. And that's what other people call me. And so it really got me thinking about um, what does it really mean? Because in, in my past experience, I, uh, I listened to a lot of Christian bands growing up. Uh, one was Audio Adrenaline. And they had a song uh, on one of their CDs. It was, uh, it was called, I think it was called the Houseplant Song. But it was about a song. It was a song about a, um, a houseplant that on one speaker they played it uh, classical music. And on another speaker they played it rock and roll. And on one, it grew and the other, it died. And they're saying, what difference does it even make? It's just music, right? And there's no such thing as a Christian houseplant or a Christian tree or a Christian car. So why would we label music uh, as Christian? And and their point is kind of solid, right? So music itself inherently 
um, the instruments, the sounds that they make, don't have any godly characteristics. It's kind of like a stem cell. Right. Absolutely. Um, you would look at your body and you would say, you know, um, I don't have Christian cholesterol. I don't have, you know. Okay, guitar, I need uh, a Christian sound. Right. And so I understand that argument that when you look at music, you say, well, it's music and um, it doesn't have the ability to do anything of its own for God. So it can't be a Christian object. Um, and this can go, this also go into a little bit more uh, in this episode too than I do on my little 10 minute show is uh, the objectivity of Christianity, um, how objects define who we are and how that's not biblical, but we'll get to that in a minute. So going back to this, uh, the idea of, of what is a Christian, is there such a thing as a Christian tree or a Christian car? Well, I think it, it started, I had heard her I, probably songs she had sung in the past but never, I guess, listened to her primarily or right. bought her CD or yeah, what have you. But then she, there was a lot of posts on Facebook about her um, performing on Ellen DeGeneres' show, I suppose. And it was a song. And I thought, well, let me click on it and see what, it's, what it is. Because everybody's saying how great it is and how she's spreading God's word and all is so wonderful. And I listened to the song, and it was what was something about raising your head. To yeah, I think it was something. lift your head. Lift your head. Something like that. Lift your head, child. And throughout the whole song, it was basically the same four or five words repeated over and over. Right. And she doesn't once say who you're lifting your head in reference to. Right. Or anything about Christian Christianity. or But the Christians acted like it was the best things since sliced bread and i was curious because it it did not it did not say anything about jesus no but <laughs> at all again and and understanding i think if you look at um so this this goes back to the uh, the identity of who we are as, as believers right so i think lauren daigle um so it seems like a nice lady i don't know her don't know anything about her really honestly i haven't listened to any of her music I've seen it shared on Facebook and things like that. But I think um, when you look at when you look at her specifically, just taking her specifically, I think she wants to avoid that label of being a Christian artist because she gets pigeonholed. Right. It doesn't appeal to the world. The world, you know, the Bible says the cross and this is why the Bible says it. It says the cross is an offense to those who don't believe the people who don't believe in the gospel are offended by the cross because the cross reminds them that they are accountable to a living God, that there is a sacrifice made for them and they're living in open rejection, rebellion of what God has offered them. So the cross is an offense. So as a Christian, um, I, I, she'd probably say, I want to take my message to the world, right? I want to take my message out there and I want to tell the world. But at the same time, I don't want to offend them because if I offend them, they're not going to listen to me. So they alter the message of what they're saying. Skillet has done it. I was a huge fan of Skillet. If you know who Skillet is, they're a rock band. But Skillet, um, Skillet stays true a little bit to their beliefs. They, they sing one song about the stars and who put the stars, but they don't ever directly say who it is. They just It's just vague enough. Right. It's where it's, if you're a Christian listening to it, you're okay you with spin it. it like it's jesus right but if you're the world you could spin it like it's, it's your boyfriend or it's karma or it's this i believe you know there are people out there who believe in a higher being an infinite power and they're okay with that because it's not offensive 
And, you know, it makes you wonder. Um, I don't want to say it, it makes you doubt the people's uh, salvation. I'm not saying that at all. I, if Lauren Daigle uh, proclaims to be a Christian, confesses salvation, then I, I'm not going to be the person to doubt that. So, so you know, they're going to, they're going to, uh, if they believe in Christ in their heart, I'd have no judge of that. I'm not the judge of whether somebody is saved or born again. Um, I'm not that person. I, I don't have that right there. But the Bible does say you will bear fruits that will be witnessed by others. Um, so, uh, and it also has some specific commands about how we're to react and relate to the world, which I find interesting because the majority of not just Lauren Daigle, but a lot of Christian musicians um, relate to the world and they see the world as the ultimate. Um, it's the peak. It's the top. It's the pinnacle of my success. Right. So I say I do Christian music and I sing Christian music and only 100 people show up to see me sing. But then I, I'm like, well, I really want to reach more people. So I tone it down. I stop being so upfront with the gospel. I stop using Jesus's name. I don't talk about God unless it's in a uh, kind of an uh, esoteric way. And so then a thousand people show up. Oh, look, my my audience is growing. My fan base. I'm reaching more right. people. I'm reaching more people, but I'm reaching them with what? And this is what me and you have talked about before. It is the danger, and there's, a, and I would be the one to wave the flag and scream this to most every church in the country right now, is the danger of emotionalism in the church. And this is the big problem, because the Lauren Daigle song, even the Lift My Head, makes a lost person feel good, and it does not convict them of their sin. That's um, makes them feel like they're okay. Absolutely. That's so that that is at the core of the problem. And the real the real question here is, why is it offensive for Christians? to define themselves as a Christian. So let's go back to, uh, and on my little show, I called it the, the, is there such a thing as a Christian plumber? And so we could go to that because I've heard this reference before. There's no such thing as a Christian tree and there's no such thing as a Christian car. Why would you expect it's just a plumber, right? So let's look at that, right? So the Bible says that every day, God's mercy is new for us every day. And Jesus said, if we're going to follow him, what's the first thing we have to do every day? What's the first thing you should do every day? And it's going to be, she's looking at me. So the first thing we're supposed to do every day is to take up our cross. He said, oh, see, right. that, that was in my brain. But you got I, it, but I'm you were like, going to put it out there. I like that. So the first thing we should do is take up our cross daily. The Bible says, take up your cross daily and follow after me. So we're, you know, when we wake up every day, um, because Christ dwells in it, and I had to explain this to somebody, they said, uh, you know, you need to, uh, Christians need to learn to separate themselves, uh, their beliefs from their interactions with their jobs and their interactions with the world because they hold Christian views as we believe in this book over here. And when I read this book, that's when I follow it instead of this book and all the words in it dwell inside of my heart. So it fundamentally changes who I am. You can't separate, uh, you can't separate the word of God, which is the Holy spirit and Yeshua live it in me. You can't separate that from me because he lives in me. You know, it's no longer I that live, but Christ within me is what the scripture says. So it's not me that's alive. So every day, the first thing we should do is take up our cross, which means when we set foot on that floor every day, we are a representative of the most high God. We are walking in his word. We are walking with his son so that everything that we touch and everything that comes out of our mouth should directly reflect the glory of God. 
That's the way we should operate, right? As Christians that now I'm not saying we're going to be perfect and we're not going to have stumbles and we're not going to fall through the day and we're not going to get angry and we're not going to get upset. And um, those are all human emotions. And the Bible says that God knows this flesh is weak and he understands that. But at the same time, we are the scripture says we are overcomers. We overcome the world through Christ who overcame the world. You understand that? So we're overcomers, right? So when I go out every day, who walks out the door? Is it, uh, see, right now I'm an operations manager at my job. Is it an operations manager that's walking out the front of my house going to my job? Or is it Christ walking out of my house going to do my job? That's the real question. And I think that's the real heart of, this is the this is one of the huge problems that, that the modern church and Christianity has is because we're too busy trying to separate our identity from Christ. If we're dead to sin and we were crucified with Christ and we have been buried in his resurrection and he was raised from the dead, then it's Christ that lives in us and it's not me. It's not Brad Mason. It's not an operations manager. It's not a nurse. It's not a doctor. It's not a plumber. It is Christ first. He should go before us in everything that we do. And when we do not put him first in everything we do, we rob him from his glory. And it's one thing, this is, this is a concept Christians, we've got to learn is that God does everything for you to glorify his son. He does not do anything for you to glorify you. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So if he's going to do everything for us, if he blesses me, if he gives me a good job, if he provides for my needs and my bills and my family, he is doing everything on behalf of his son. He's not doing it because my righteousness deserves that. This is what the scripture says. There's none righteous. No, not one. Not a single person is righteous. Not a single person can do a good work that pleases God, that makes him pour out blessings upon you. If you've been watching TV preachers and they're telling you, you got to give more, you got to sow a seed, you got to plant a seed and God will pour out his blessings on you. God pours out his blessings on you because he is glorifying his son. He is not glorifying your action. He's not glorifying the good work that you're trying to do because the good work that you do apart from Christ is nothing. That's the difference between us and the world. The world is trying to satisfy God through their good works. We know that we can't satisfy God through our good works. We have to go first with his son and allow his son to have all the glory in everything we do. I think sometimes Christians are nervous yeah. to not separate themselves from that because, um, for example, I work at a big hospital and who is very much supporting issues and beliefs that I don't necessarily hold. So I can't, like, say that I don't believe in that. But, you know, like, if I'm taking care of a, a patient who lives a lifestyle that I don't necessarily agree with, and I and if it comes up and I'm a Christian, then they're go, I think they, they automatically assume that you're going to treat them in a certain way. Yeah, absolutely. A and I don't, I don't think that that has to be the case. I think that just, you know, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are, I will take care of you just the same as I would the president. Right. But then, and this goes to, to the same thing I was just saying, you have to look at who are, who are you working for? Right. This is the real crux of the whole, this is the crux of the whole thing. Are you working for yourself to get a paycheck? Are you working for a hospital? Are you working for Natasha or are you working for the glory of God? 
Because I think when we change the way we view work, and it took me forever, and I still struggle with this, but it took me forever to understand that when I go to work, I am a representative of the Most High God, and I work at a company, but I work for God. Every interaction that I'm supposed to have should always be through his the way he wants it done, his righteousness, everything that I can put out that is Christ is what should come first. It should come first in everything I do. And so I think what happens is Christians, we love the Lord. And I'm not blaming you if you if you live in that fear of somebody hearing you say something, I get it. Um, but we stuff it in our pocket and we go to work and we follow the company's rules and we we do what the company says and we say what we can say and we leave the other stuff out because we don't want to lose our jobs and we walk in that fear of the world um the world judging us or the world firing us or the world putting us out of work. You know, I mean, the world, the world really controls. Well, well them judging us because yeah. they think we're judging someone else. Yes. Because Christianity in, in and of itself has gotten a rough, raw view from the world. The world doesn't like us. If you're a Christian and you live in the world, you should know that they don't like you. If you come out there and you, you pray at dinner, people are going to stare at you. If you talk about God to certain individuals, they're going to call you crazy. Uh, I was telling my wife, one of the articles I read over the last couple of months that atheism is the fastest growing belief system in the United States right now. It is outpacing. Um, I think the Muslim religion was pretty big. It was growing pretty fast, but atheism is expanding and it's generally coming from our universities and the millennial 20, 30 year old kids. Um, atheism is on the rise and because atheism is on the rise, the disdain for Christians is on the rise because they, uh, they look at Christians as stupid fools who believe in a sky fairy who, uh, live by this book that is 2000 years old. Or who's in a cult. Yeah. Uh, they believe you're in a cult, right? Or that you're brainwashed or that somebody's telling you stuff that's not true. Um, <clears throat> so we're, we're dealing with that. You deal with that in the workplace and I deal with, I've had people look at me and say, you know, you're a Christian, huh? So yeah. Okay. Um, I've had atheists argue with me over whether, why I should believe. I mean, it's really strange because I don't go to an atheist person and be like, what's wrong with you? Why don't you believe in God? You know, but they'll, they'll find out I'm a Christian. And the first thing they come up to me and go, Oh yeah, you think God's real, huh? They're like, well, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't step on your toes today. So why are you coming at me? Um, so we deal with that, but the, the whole, uh, circling back to the point here is if Christ goes before us in everything we do and we take up our cross daily when we follow after him and we are believers and we are Christians first and foremost, then we have to be Christians in everything we do. So when it comes down to it, you are a Christian who plums. You are a Christian who is a doctor. You're a Christian nurse. You're a Christian supervisor. You are a Christian employee at McDonald's because everything we do should come through that. It's just like a, a camera with a filter on it, right? And it's red and you take pictures. Every picture you take is going to be red because it's coming through that filter. And that's the way we're supposed to operate. Christ comes first in all I do and all I say, and he comes through everything I do comes through that filter of Christ. And so this idea that we're going to say, well, there's no such thing as Christian musicians or Christian artists. If you don't want to be called that, that's fine. Get out. Stop selling your so-called Christian music to Christian people who are looking for Christian music. That's the reality of it. We're looking for music that is going to uplift us and glorify God and support our belief system. And if that is a problem for you, and I don't, you know, if this ever gets to Lauren Daigle, love you and wish you would stay in the Christian realm. But if you are wanting the world, go get the world. Because we want to walk after the Father. 
We want to put ourselves and give ourselves to the Son wholly so that everything we do glorifies God. Everything I touch should glorify God. Every word I speak should glorify God. I'm not, again, I'm not saying we're perfect and we're not going to have our, our missteps and our sidesteps and our bad days. I understand that. God understands that. But we cannot say, well, I'm just a plumber. I just happen. I'm just going to put my Christianity yeah, yeah. or my love of Jesus in this I'm little a, box. And I'm a plumber and I just happen to be a Christian. Put it in my pocket for 12 hours. Yeah. I'm just going to stuff him away. I'm going to hide him. You know, the, the Bible talks about that, the hiding the light under the bushel, under the no, basket. I'm going to let it shine. There you go. It says a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Why? Is because the light is so bright that you can't, you see it from miles away. And that's how it is supposed to be for us when God lives in us. And I, I know um, there was there was a song a long time ago that was talking about, you know, uh, you might be, your life might be the only Bible that people read. And I always had a problem with that because I'm a loud mouth and I've always, I've always thought you should go out there and testify and, and witness the glory of God. But the world we live in, honestly, your actions and the things you do and the things you say are going to be a reflection to people. And they're going to say, why is that person so different? How come they're not in here cussing and carrying on like the rest of us gossiping or why don't they go out <laughs> drinking with their friends on the weekend what's wrong with them how come they're you know how come they seem to be uh in joy or they they assume it's happiness but they say well, how come they're never uh so distressed you know um one of the things that uh, in the article that i read about atheism it was talking about hope and it was talking about because atheism is on the rise so is suicide suicide in this country is becoming an epidemic because you have removed hope you said there is no reason to live. There is no reason to die. There's nothing on the other side. If your life is horrible and miserable and you're not making enough money. Let me just die and get it done. Yeah. Isn't it? It's over with. That's it. Um, and so it's appealing to a lot of people because they're like, you know, I'm in pain. I've got disease. I've got whatever it is. So they think I'm just going to get out of this. And the simple truth of the matter is the biblical fact is life continues on after we pass away. And suicide's never the answer. But it is our job as those who believe in Christ to carry the light into the world so that they can see who lives in us. That's what the scripture says. They need to see who lives in us because if they see who lives in us, they're going to go to him to solve their problems and their issues. And we can't just put this stuff on, you know, and I get real passionate about this stuff because I get aggravated. I am so aggravated uh, when I hear this stuff and, and people say, well, yeah, they call me a Christian artist, but that's a label they put on me. Really? I thought Christ did that. Did he not do the work in your heart? Did he not put the Holy Spirit of God in you? Were you not sealed till the day of redemption? Are you not a child of God? If you are a child of God, the world never put Christian on you. God himself put that on you. And if that's a problem, you really need to check and see whether you're one of his children. I mean, I couldn't imagine if one of my kids came up to me and, you know, and acted like that and said, well, you call me a Mason, but I'm not a Mason. Sorry, my blood's flowing through your veins. You're a Mason no matter what you call yourself. That's my kid. And so we either have that relationship with God or we don't. And if his blood's not in you and you're not one of his kids, that's something we've got to correct. But we're not going to change the world. We're not going to win souls. We're not going to lead people to the cross if we do not start putting Christ first in everything we do. He's got to be first. He has to be the reason. Look, there are ethical and unethical people out there doing things every single day. You see it in the news. You see how people treat each other. You see all of the, uh, the way the world is vilifying people. Uh, if you own a business, it should be a Christian business. You should be a Christian plumber. That should be on your sign. I am John. If it's Joe's plumbing, make it Joe's Christian plumbing. 
I mean, put it on your sign, put it in your name because that expectation needs to come along with it. This guy's not going to rip me off. This guy's going to give me good work. This guy's going to give me, uh, he's going to be polite when I talk to him. Yeah, don't put that on there and then be a jerk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you will get called out, but we should be holding ourselves as believers to higher expectations than what the world does. We've got to show them that living in Christ changes things. It, it has changed us dramatically. We're no longer who we are. We're no longer slaves to sin. And that should be something that comes through in our work and everything we do. And I, yeah, we have bad days. I have bad days. My wife knows I tell her all the time I have bad days. But I come home and we have a bad day and we talk it out. And a lot of times I pray and say, Lord, you know, I need you to change me or change what I'm doing. And I wake up the next day and it's a good new day. And it's a day to start over. And it's a day to go back and to show God's love to other people because that's the only thing that changes people. It's not this uh, hopeful um I can't remember what she called it. She was saying she wanted uh, Lauren Daigle said she wanted her music to be transcendent. She wanted it to be transcendent, which is a, 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 the new age. People use that phrase a lot, but she wants it to transcend all of these times and spaces. And th- what, what does that even mean? I don't want it to be transcendent. I want it to be transformative. It's got to change people. You know, my wife knows my musical taste and they are uh, very, if I'm listening to your group or your band, uh, you better be in the word because that's what I'm looking for. You know, I want to hear something wonderful. I've been singing the same song for three days now. And the whole thing has been bless the Lord, oh my soul. It's David Crowder, uh, Crowder, his band, and it is a beautiful song. But it, 100 miles. Yeah. You've never it heard just, it uh, listened to it? It gets me in the heart because it's a, it's a song about, you know, blessing the Lord. And it's just, uh, it just speaks to me because that's a Christian musician. You know, I mean, that's a guy who puts Christ first in his music and you hear it in the word. Sing praise to him and yes. him alone. So it's, uh, and I'm not trying to advertise for him, but it love his music. But, I love him. <laughs> but I'm just trying to say that we are to be a light to the world. We are to reach out to them. Um, and I know there's many other ways people are going to do it. They say, we, you know, Paul said, I became all things to all men. So a lot of people use that verse to say, well, you know, he would have done whatever it took to save somebody. But that's the point. He would have, you, you can use that, even use that statement. He would do whatever it would take to save somebody. He's at the end of what he's trying to do. And he's trying to save those people. He's not trying to make them feel good about what they're doing. He's trying to bring them into the family of God. So, you know, and that, and that's really the crux of this. This has been a lot longer than my 10 minute little show that I got going, but it's the whole crux of it. And the idea is when you, I I really want people who hear this to wake up and say, today is the day, you know, uh, this is the day that I'm going to start putting God first in all I do. I'm going to reflect him first. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be even down to the littlest thing. If you're working a McDonald's drive-thru, I'm going to be the best Christian drive-thru attendant you've ever seen. I'm going to be the best doctor that woke up today. I'm going to treat patients with the care and the love that God has shown unto me. I'm going to put Christ first in everything I do. Then they're going to say, the world is going to say, that doctor is really good. Why do I want to go to him? I don't know why he's so different than everybody else. That's one of the best ones in town. Have you been over there? That guy treats people with respect. I mean, it's the same thing. Everything we do, if you're working in a, a plant or a facility and you're manufacturing and you're pushing a button on a machine, you do that better than anybody else. And you do it for the kingdom of God and for the glory of God. That way, people working around you look and say, wow, that person over there is dedicated. They work hard and they're happy and there's some joy in them. And I'm here every day miserable and I don't know why. I need to find out what they got going on. So that's what we're talking about. 
take that out into the world. Let Christ shine through you and be an example to all men so that they can see who lives in you. And people notice. People do notice. And that's one of the things uh, we're going to wind it down. But one of the last things that I will say is she's absolutely right on that. Um, because people know me, they know how I am. If I come into work and I'm feeling down or I'm having a bad day, I mean, people see it and they're like, what's wrong with you? What's going on? You don't look happy. You know, what's you feeling? Okay. I mean, people notice that, you know, the grumpy guys that you work with, you don't really notice much. Anything about him changes ever. But if we're, you know, we have that moment where we get caught in this flesh. Yeah. People notice that stuff. So really uplift and glorify God. So this has been the abnormal Christian. This is our return podcast. We'll call this season two, episode one of season two. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to get more episodes up. We are on Podbean. Um, these, these do load up to YouTube. It's not a uh, video. It's still audio, but it's on YouTube. If you want to find an easier way to share it with people, um, or to listen to it. Um, I don't really remember if we were anywhere else. We are at all major distributors, iTunes and all these other places that you can find podcasts. So, uh, check us out there. One of the last things that I've got is to check out the open doors ministry, um, on Facebook or open doors on, uh, Google. Um, that's a uh, ministry that takes Bibles into, uh, countries that the gospel is not, uh, welcome. So the number one country I believe is Iran, um, Pakistan, some of these others fall in place. Um, there's a lot of massive persecution going on around the world. Christians are being thrown into prison and, um, it's really a, a tough situation, but we have the opportunity to give to this ministry and to, uh, extend the kingdom of God to parts of the world where people want to hear. So check that out. Um, outside of that, this is Brad Mason. Natasha. And we are so thankful that you're listening and we will catch you again. Bye.